You're on speaking terms. This is Sam. And this is James. And today we're talking about, a, I don't know if it's a sensitive topic, but it's definitely a topic that's come up more recently in, uh, you know, with what's going on in the world and crap like that. I shouldn't say crap on a podcast, but there I go saying it crap is what it again. Is. That's three times. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to we're gonna be talking about truth. What is truth? What constitutes truth? Yeah, I was the one that kind of... No, you were the one that suggested this topic. Oh, was I? Yeah, you were the one. Oh, it shoot. was right after our last podcast that you chose that one. Mm, interesting. And this is a topic that fascinates me because everyone talks about having their own personal truth. But what about the truth as a collective whole? Or is there, is, is there no truth as a collective whole? I think truth exists as like reality or like it exists yeah. by itself and we experience it, but we don't necessarily get to choose what it is, what constitutes it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I guess there's going to be two parts. Okay. I was the one that did the outline for this episode. Yeah, no, you're doing great. And there's going to be like the objective reality truth and the personal truth, mm. but it's going to culminate in how you actually live that truth. And so it's like objective like. versus subjective. Yes. But I think there's room for both okay. in the world, but because there's like lived experiences that constitute like who we are and yeah. what we, how we like view the world. And then there's just like the world operating outside of yeah. what we understand. So I guess starting off with the question, when was the time when you had the biggest paradigm shift in your life? <laughs> biggest paradigm Where you went shift. from like, oh, no, I think the world is this way, to realizing, like, no, the world actually didn't work that way. <laughs> um, growing up, I don't know. I lived in a pretty, I wouldn't say, like, closed society. I don't know. I lived in a little oh, no, itty-bitty town. Okay. <laughs> and I grew up with the assumption that everyone was Christian and everyone went to the same church and everyone did the exact same thing and everyone was generally good. And then I went to school and I was like, why aren't we talking about Jesus? <laughs> What's going on? This is weird. And then I realized I had my little bubble burst at, what is that, six, seven, five, six years old. Oh, you were young then. And I realized. You were little. Oh, wait a second. Not everyone does the same stuff. <laughs> Not everyone knows what church is, which was weird to me. Because up to that point. That's all. My entire social life resolved, revolved, excuse me, around going to church. That's fair. And that was just my lived experience. So I guess at the time, that was the truth. I was truth. The reality I was experiencing was that of, I don't know, you hang out with your siblings. Outside of that, you go to church, and those are the people you know, and that's what everyone does. You just go home and have more fun. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And that was, that was the, the big paradigm shift, I guess, if you will. The big perspective shift was... Not everyone does the same thing. People have different stuff that they do. I don't know. Yeah. I think you understand what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I know what you're saying. No, I say for me, when I first had my massive paradigm shift, was probably when I was 15. Okay. Oh, oh Sam's headphones are working now. Hey, I can hear what I'm saying. This is awesome. <laughs> but we had just moved from Southeast Idaho to a really small town in Southern Idaho. 
Where in and, southern Idaho? I'm just curious. Um, Hayburn. I, where is that? Is, is, it, is it close to okay, somewhere okay, that okay. I would know? Like, So let's go. Do you know where Burley is? <laughs> yes, I know where okay. Burley is. Go 20 minutes outside of Burley and then go 20 more minutes outside of that. And then that's where I lived. Like way south. Yeah, not as south as Twin Falls. But that's where I lived. And just seeing... Because my mom had recently gotten remarried. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the stuff that went on in that marriage and how it all fell apart. And then I moved back to normal society in Southeast Idaho. Cause okay. And what constitutes normal yes. society? Cause okay. I feel like we're talking about objective reality and subjective reality here. Southeast Idaho, I feel like has a quite a bit more normal people. All right. <laughs> if I know what constitutes if, normal. If any of our listeners are from Southern Idaho. You're the weird. <laughs> This, I guess, is very subjective on my experience. You're probably a fine person. Mm. I just met some crazies. It's true. But I think you meet more crazies out in the boonies anyway. Like, I've just noticed that in small desert communities, in small rural communities, people have their own thoughts and opinions on things. And then you move to the city and then you see that people are a little bit more down to earth. I don't know. That's just I, been my I will experience. say, I will say that. When people are forced to live close to each other, they become more agreeable. Yes. Because, you know, they have to, they have to, you know, operate within mm-hmm. their community. And if you're weird, you don't necessarily get those social, you know, opportunities. But yep. when you're out by yourself, you can do whatever you want, you get a little weird. You do. <laughs> and... Like, they're great to be with sometimes. But other times I'm like, I need a normal conversation. I just need to talk about some silly movie that I watched or a book that I'm Mm -hmm. reading. And then they want to talk about, like, their new solar panels that they're building so that they can get off the grid. Because the government is putting chemtrails in the air so that to do population control and sterilize us. That's where we're at with... Yes, chemtrails equal building your own solar panels. Yes. I don't know. I understand what you're trying to say, though. Yeah. I feel like, if I can branch off of that real fast, I feel like old people are kind of the same way. You know, not to say that old people are weird, but I'm just saying that, like, the older you get, I feel like the little more isolated you become. And so when you you do have social opportunity, Mm -hmm. it's good. Because you kind of, you come back to reality where you have to, like, fit fit the guidelines, community standards. And that helps you, I don't know, it it helps old people. I feel like when they go to church, they're like, "Oh yeah, I need to I need to act normally within mm-hmm. the social circle," and that. But then they don't. They still don't sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. But I feel like the more you're you interact with them, and the more that they have the opportunity, they, mm-hmm. they're like the crazy person down the desert that comes moves into town. And they're like, "Oh, this is how things go." Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I yeah, I was a little crazy there, kind of thing. Which I think is fine. Mm-hmm. Like. There's room for uniqueness in everyone. Yeah, exactly. And it's just when it becomes so overbearing and that kind of usurps mm-hmm. the rest of their personality, you're just like, oh, gee whiz, man. I feel like I that fits perfectly with in you. with, you know, experiencing subjective versus objective yeah. reality is when you're within a group, more people are experiencing the same thing and they're able to share what they're feeling and people understand better what's going on. Yeah. Which can work good or bad considering who's in the group. But I'm just saying like, with weird, or not weird people. <laughs> with people <laughs> with, with people, unique perspective on life. Sure, people sure. that are more isolated, don't have as many social opportunities as others, when they come into the group, they understand, oh, this is normal. 
oh, this is acceptable. Yeah. Oh, this is what we're doing. And then they kind of conform a little more, not necessarily conform entirely, but a little more to what, like, this is what's happening. This is how we need to react or proactively handle the situation here. So then, I guess follow-up question to that. This has been a question or just a statement that a lot of people say. And I say it in a joking manner sometimes, but then I realize there's a couple things about me that I do that I'm like, no, that's who I am. Mm. This is the reason why I live the way I live mm-hmm. and why I act the way I act. But when people, why do you feel, or your perspective, that the statement, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in an appropriate way, um, people living their truth, why has it become so much more common? Because I feel like there's a greater diversity of people and opinions and just lifestyles now that you didn't see in the 1950s or 60s. (laughs) And so... Why do you think that's become more prevalent in our society versus like 70 years ago? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, don't, I wasn't alive back then, so it might be better to get some perspective. We're 20-something yeah, year old exactly. men. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, I don't know, in society, and I'm not a sociologist, I'm not a social scientist in any way. True. But I, I'll just preface it with that. But I would like to say that like I feel we've come such such a far way with like advancements in technology advancements in healthcare mm-hmm. to the point where like we got nothing better to complain about or to find issue yeah, with you're right like we we live in such luxury and such like first world opulence that it's like hmm let's question some reality here cuz objective reality still exists regardless of whether or not we feel like it doesn't, or we feel like right. we're experiencing it differently. Big air quotes around experiencing it differently. And a lot of when we've reached that, oh, we got nothing better to do kind of thing, mm-hmm. then maybe we start nitpicking little details here and there, and we're like, oh, maybe this is just what we've been doing as a society. Maybe that's incorrect. Maybe I want to do it this way and see how it plays out. But that's, that. that's just my, I don't know, that's just my opinion yeah. on things. What, what, what are you know. thinking? Uh, two thoughts came to my mind. Is it that it's just becoming more socially acceptable mm. to live that way? And I'm not targeting any one demographic yeah. here. Like, across the board, in every community, like, things are changing. True. And people are just becoming more different. And further from their values than, mm-hmm. you know, their ancestors were. I feel like there has been, I don't know, just seeing at least growing up versus now, like mm-hmm. young me versus current me. Um, I feel like there definitely has been a push to be like, be yourself, be who you want to be kind of thing. And there's been more of a push of not so much like against certain values that we hold, but like a, a push to like challenge current ideas kind of discover for yourself or learn for yourself what is going on and like you said not challenging any certain demographic but to do that to do anything too much is to that is only detriment to yourself right like there is there is when you when you are questioning 
the status quo, yeah, that is good to, to question what's going on yeah. and to like decide for yourself what the objective reality is. And we've seen that through history too, like exactly. the Renaissance, mm-hmm. we came out of a thousand year dark period mm-hmm. and then we had the steam era, like people have been challenging beliefs and concepts for a long time, mm-hmm. but it furthered society. And so you're saying with current trends, current trends, I don't feel like it's furthering society. I feel like it's causing a lot more strife. There's no, there's no Renaissance there's, here is what you're saying. No, there's no Renaissance here. I was like, I feel like we're on the brink of civil war sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I and guess. I'm, I've often wondered if our country is just too big and too diverse. Like, yeah, that's what our country is founded on. Mm-hmm. And we've been founded on the principles of freedom and inclusion and like giving people opportunity to fight for their spot at the table. Yeah. But now I feel like there's too much fighting and there's too many people saying, I am the way I am, accept mm-hmm. me. And yes, I think every person has inherent value to themselves, but at what point have we become too diverse and too different from one another that we're becoming incapable of working with one another? Um, I feel like America has always been taught, oh, it's one big cultural melting pot, which to some degree is true. We we share a lot of similarities. We share a lot of, you know, like we're not afraid to, to approach hard subjects as a country, approach them, overcome them kind of thing. But I feel like lately there's been a lot of a lot of push to be like, um, you know, to find that division mm-hmm. and not so much melt together and like mend those things, but be like, this is mine. You can't use it. You can't yeah. do anything that mimics it or else you're bigoted or right. you're against me or you're appropriating what's mm-hmm. mine. Which to some degree is when you do like try to like melt together in the big pot kind of thing, you're not so much like taking advantage of those differences, but you're trying to like accept them and celebrate them. But when there's a big push to divide instead of like come together and, you know, melt together. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but I feel like instead of pointing out the differences and saying, this is mine this is yours, like keep them separate. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where the division comes and that's where a lot of bad things... They start know. to happen. Yeah, yeah. nothing good comes from division. And I feel like understanding what the objective reality is, is okay, we have to live together. Why not accept each other's yeah. differences and like celebrate them, if you will? Yeah, and that brings up my next point. It's like when someone lives their, their reality, their truth, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's abrasive because I feel like they've accepted themselves, they've accepted the situation... And it's not something that they hyper-focus on. They're like, I don't have to worry about X, Y, Z because it's not that big of an issue. Mm -hmm. At least from my perspective, like things like sexuality and race and ethnicity, or I guess what country you come from. culture, stuff like that. culture. Um, The more you accept it, I feel like the more you allow other people to just live their life. Mm -hmm. But when you're so worried about maintaining your culture, maintaining your own identity separate from everyone else. And I feel like there's a pride associated with that Mm -hmm. because you're saying it's almost not gatekeeping, but for lack of a better term, you're gatekeeping all these things and you're saying no one else can use them. Mm -hmm. And you have to give me special privileges or rights because in the past, we've gone through trials and hard times. And it was like, what demographic hasn't though? Mm-hmm. Like what I find issue is I am all for the rights of the people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it's always been in this country the majority rule, minority mm-hmm. rights. Rights are guaranteed to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, outcome is not guaranteed, but equality is. So, like, when a minority in the country is deciding the rules for the majority, I feel like that goes against what we stand as. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I feel like there's certain rights that they're starting to violate. Exactly. Yeah. Like when you when you expect special treatment over someone else because you you fall within like a certain demographic or within mm-hmm. a certain minority, that would the the putting yourself above another person is not right. No, that's what I say when I mean yeah. Outcome is not guaranteed, but rights are. And if you're wanting to say like okay, because I'm this way, I deserve this thing. Like nothing is deserved. Like. You you earn you you like by the sweat of the brow you eat your bread. It's not from anybody else. It's yourself. It's your own efforts. And if you feel like in some way you've been mistreated or you've you don't have the same you know the same you're not on the same playing field. The playing field isn't level. As that might be true, but all I'm saying is like we are guaranteed the same rights. Yeah. And you have you earn your spot at the table. It's not given to you, right? No, I've I've reflected on this a lot. Just looking at our work, mm-hmm. like the playing field is not level for nope. everyone, and I feel like we have equal rights. Like we're all going to be treated the same. We're going to be treated mm-hmm. with respect, but not everyone is going to get the same opportunity at our job. And you know, talking about sexism and the gen- gender pay gap and stuff like that. I don't feel like that actually exists at our work because there's women in positions of authority and they and do they, it. They hose us on wages anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love our manager. <laughs> we appreciate you. Anyway. Ethnicity notwithstanding, we yeah. all get hosed on We all get hosed. And we talk about these things. And the people who try to meld into the culture mm-hmm. at our job, they seem to do a better job or get more opportunity but people who are a little bit more on the fringes, mm-hmm. they've decided that their way is the right way and they're going to do things their way. And it makes it really difficult to work with them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to get that opportunity because they're, they're just difficult they've to work with. Themselves. They've excluded themselves. And if they would just set that aside and say, fine, here are the rules. I'll play by the rules and I'll try to beat them at their own game sort of a deal. They seem to have a lot better time with that. Yeah, they, they accept what the status quo is, not necessarily just like bending the knee and saying, okay, I'll do whatever. They accept what it is. They work well within. You have to operate within the box. Yeah, with the, within the box. Yeah. And as soon as you have enough influence within that box, you can start making changes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, for me at least, starting to work where we do, mm-hmm. when I began, I was a terrible, terrible employee. Not necessarily didn't have a bad work ethic, but I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I was bad at it. And it took me a long time to get good at what I do. But now, I'm one of the, well, I shouldn't say one of the best. But, like, I do well at my job. Like, I've put in the work. I had the same opportunity as others that were hired as me. I put in the work. I'm good at what I do. The outcome was good for me because I was operating within my own, you know, capacities to do good at what I was doing. Yeah. And now I have influence within, 
you know, the area that I work. Like, I'm a phlebotomist. At first, I sucked at sticking vein. I was terrible at it. I missed it all the time. Now, I have the most sticks of anyone in the center. And you have the lowest error rate mm-hmm. that I've seen. Yeah. So, like all had the same the opportunity, rules. but the outcome was not guaranteed. Yeah. And it's like, it wasn't a personal attack on your identity. Mm-mm. It was just, you sucked at your job. For exactly. A we all sucked at That was job. the objective reality yeah. of it. And to say that you didn't, or to say that you've been discriminated against for mm-hmm. some reason, isn't true. And living my truth was, oh, I'm, not, I'm bad at my job. I need to do something else. It was, I'm bad at my job. The objective reality is I'm bad at my job. The subjective reality is not I suck as a person. Yeah. It's I need to improve. I need to work hard. I wasn't, I wasn't going to allow my inability mm-hmm. to, you know, dwarf my ability to work well and continue working yeah. and improve myself. Yeah. And I'm going to say like our society, not fair. No, no, no. Like no. I don't think it was supposed to be fair. Like life isn't fair in general. We've talked There's about no that. There's no guaranteed outcomes. There's no guaranteed outcomes. You are guaranteed the same rights. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to go be murdered because of what your beliefs are. At least that's against the law. It, so yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I'm it's like, the guarantee. It could happen. Like, but our it, history is kind of riddled with some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> some good stuff in there. But I'm seeing a lot of people mistake personal identity and the things that they personally experience for objective truth. And they mm-hmm. start projecting that onto other people. And they say, oh, other people should start living the same way that I do. And they're so abrasive about it. And they're starting to like grab the fabric of reality and twist it. And make it what they want. And make it what they want. And then I've noticed like in my life, no lie goes unpunished. Mm -mm. And it will, the fabric of reality snaps back and it comes up like two, three years later. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I need to go back and fix that Mm -hmm. and correct a lot of stuff that I did. And I feel like it's going to happen that way. For a lot of people. It's interesting in here you wrote karma keeps her receipts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna add to that. It's okay. like reality is reality and will maintain its truth in reality. Whether or not you want to conform to that, whether or not you want to like live within that objective reality, go live in the desert. Be a crazy person. Who cares? Live your truth. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is, is to live within normal society within the objective reality, what's going on. There's some things you have to conform to. There's some rules that you have to follow. Because, yes, karma keeps her receipts and, and objective reality is going to clap back in such an atomic way. You're going to get backhanded in the next week if you try to continue to say, no, it's this way and it's, it's, this is how I see it and this is how it is. No, it exists outside of your, your ego. And I remember learning in a psychology class about like ego and how babies, as you develop, your ego gets not necessarily bigger, but your, your understanding grows and you understand like your place. Because a, a child or a toddler, all they understand is me, mine, that's mine, this is mine. And traits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they don't understand that outside of their little world, things are operating yeah. without their... not so much consent, but without them knowing. Yeah. Like life continues on without them Mm -hmm. being there. And the same for you and me, like nothing has changed. (laughs) What's going on around us. We have zero control over the neighbors upstairs, vacuuming in the middle of a podcast (laughs) being complete jerks. No control over that. 
Like the world, people driving down the highway, people going to work. It operates outside of my knowledge, outside yeah. of my control. And I'm okay with that. I don't know. Yeah, that's one of the big things that I've had to learn too. It's like life continues on without me. Mm-hmm. And at first it kind of shook me, but then I thought I'm really grateful it did. Because I didn't want to be there for all the garbage that yeah. transpired. Or like even the good stuff. I'm like happy for them. Good for them. They didn't wait around for me to be there. They need to live their life and do what's right for them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, good for them. So yeah, when it comes to people that are like, this is how it is and this is how it's going to operate. It's like, sorry, but life doesn't cater to the individual. Reality is reality regardless of people that exist. Like, I think of it like a forest that's not touched by, by people. Like, the ecosystem in the forest continues to operate without man walking through the forest. Yeah. The world continues to rotate without... Chernobyl is being reclaimed by nature. Actually, interestingly enough, nature's not decomposing around Chernobyl. It's creating a yeah. big wildfire issue. Mm. I saw, like, the videos of, like, the Tchaikovsky's horse mm. and, like, all the wild boars and everything just walking through the old buildings. And I was like, what the heck? Mm. That's really cool. Yeah, if it were to yeah. catch on fire... All that radioactivity, Ooh. poof, back up in the atmosphere. Yeah, Russia should really take care of that. Yeah, they're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Russia. No, okay, so how can you be honest with people? Or, like, what are the benefits of being honest with people? You know, that's something I've actually thought a lot yeah. about lately. Is, like, at least to me... I feel like honesty is, it's important to me. It's a value that I have. And at times I'm rather blunt, but I feel like people are blunt and I, I sometimes do this as well, but they're blunt with the mask of being honest when they're just trying to be mean. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I'm just being honest. That's not the truth. Yeah. And like, that's not an excuse, at least not for me. I don't feel like that's an excuse that I have to be like, well, you're dumb. Or you're wrong. Which they might be. And yeah, that, yeah, be that as it may, it's like there are ways to present certain things in a way that is more palatable than this is how it is. And if you look at it this way, you'll understand that you're stupid and you're doing it wrong and you need to change. Mm-hmm. Because that, that might be how I'm experiencing it, but there are a million and one ways to solve problems. Or there's a million yeah. and one ways to approach certain ideas. And my perspective on things my subjective reality might be different than theirs. I agree with that. And just because you know more than other people, I don't know. I don't like being condescending. That's not my style Mm -hmm. when I'm teaching someone. Granted, if they're actively being a turd bucket, I'm going to call them out. It's like, you need to stop acting this way. But it's not because they don't know anything. It's just because of their attitude. Okay, yeah. And I feel like being honest with people, it builds more trust. And you're able to get a lot more stuff done because someone trusts you. Mm -hmm. Granted, you can trust someone to do some sketchy stuff. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) But, and that's why I think honesty is the best thing to go into. Because if you're shady, you're ambiguous, or you don't give people the whole picture up front, which is fine. Everyone's entitled to their secrets. 
but I'm saying like in a work setting when you have to operate with other people, if you decide to keep more details to yourself, there's going to be a lot more conflict and eventually no one's going to want to work with you Mm -hmm. because they don't know where you're coming from, where you're going, and you could be a liability to the group. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I tend to be pretty honest with people or whatever someone tells me, I just go do it. Don't fight with them. Yeah. Well, I, I think honesty is the best policy because you're saying, okay, this is what I think. This is my experience. It backs up what I think. This is what's going on. This is how I feel we should approach this issue, this, this problem, this thing we're needing to work through this conflict. And I feel like when we're honest with others and we present our ideas in that way, they're more likely to do the same with us. If people are dishonest, they're going to be dishonest. But when we, you know, in full faith, if you will, come to the table and say, "Here's this is, this is me, this is what I'm thinking, we're able to kind of intersect those subjective realities, what we're experiencing, those perspectives that we hold individually, and say, okay, this is how I see it, this is how I see it, another person, this is how I see it. We come together and get the, the big picture of the blind men with the elephant, you know? Yeah. One feels a trunk, it's a hose. One feels a leg, it's a tree. One feels a tail, it's a rope kind of thing. One feels a side, oh, it's a big flat canvas. Mm-hmm. But when they put all the realities together, they get the elephant. Right. And I'd have to agree with you. It's where everything kind of intersects that you find the most honest mm-hmm. version of reality. And you probably don't have the complete picture, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's more complete than just being by yourself. And again, crazy dude out in the desert, people in the city. Yeah. But I also have to say like being honest with yourself goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be difficult to be honest with yourself because you have your personal experiences. You have all these things that taint your window going out to reality. And I'm not trying to disregard or devalue anyone's experiences because they probably actually experienced that, whether it be mental, emotional, physical. Mm -hmm. Um, They did. And I can't say that they didn't because I'm not them. Mm -hmm. But you can say, yes, I've experienced those things, but I still get to treat people correctly. Or it's like, I feel this way about the world around me. And then you have to say, well, are they being mean to me? Are they intentionally trying to disregard me? Are they intentionally doing all these things? Then you can be like, no, they're not. They're just actually living their life. But you just don't understand. Yeah, you just don't understand it. And so being honest with yourself and questioning your flawed logic, if you feel like people are intentionally doing stuff, they're probably not. Again, they probably don't care enough about you to actually do that. And I think that goes back to the ego thing. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I feel like I have, I'm, I'm this, this amount important to this many mm-hmm. people. And you see people operating outside of what you're used to. And you're like, like am I not important, important enough? <laughs> they're like, no, they just, in that instance, yeah. you don't fill a role in what's going on. And so you're on the so outside. So I guess you are not that important. No, you're not. No. And you shouldn't feel that important, I don't feel. No. To some people. It's like, if you... I will say, if you have put in the work and then all of a sudden out of the blue, You're just stuff the like that happens, something probably happened without your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I guess you have a choice to make. It's like, do you go confront them or you just like continue to live on your yeah, life? Yeah, I feel like on? that's the point where yeah. you're like, okay, this happened. And it's your responsibility then to make, you know, make, well, what am I trying to say here? It's your responsibility to go then like balance the ledger to see what's going on. Yeah. To 
take part in what's going on and say, hey, is, that, is there something wrong here? Am I not? Like, like why? What, what's happening? Why is it happening? Kind yeah. of thing. I need to better understand the reality, the truth of what's happening mm-hmm. here. Because, I don't know, maybe I feel like I'm missing out on something. That's true. If you're, if it's with an yeah. important person, if it's just like coworkers, I could not care less. <laughs> Did any of our coworkers listening? <laughs> <laughs> no, but when like coworkers feel like the need, and this goes for any job anywhere. That's true. We're about to say I've experienced it more recently, but continue. But yeah. when they feel the need to like include themselves in every detail mm-hmm. of every single coworker's life, it's like, okay, take a step back and understand that. Understand your role right now. You're a coworker. Mm-hmm. You're not a close friend. And if you are a close friend, then yeah, I'll, we can be friends kind of thing. We can do friend things. We can share, you know, more experiences. If you want to be friends, cool. But like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I have to be super involved. It's like, no, take yeah. a step back and understand that you're not as important as you think. And that goes for anyone and everyone. I agree with that. Myself included in that statement. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and as you were talking, I wanted to go back to like personal truth for a mm-hmm. second. And don't let other people's beliefs, values, and stuff dictate who you are. Like mm-hmm. if you feel like you're an engineer and everyone's saying you need to be an accountant, you should probably go be an engineer. Yeah. Like kind of screw your... It might come at the cost of family. It might come at the cost of friends. There's other opportunity costs where... You just have to allot your time to different places. And sometimes people get the short end of the stick and they don't get as much time. But when you choose to not pursue what you feel is right for yourself, you're not only disserving, disservicing yourself, but you're also like disservicing society. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're choosing to actively not take your spot where you should be and staying behind and not growing. Mm-hmm. And Whatever it may be, like, yes, go. If you feel like you need to live your life in a certain way, more power to you. Whether that be career, personal life, you want to go marry whoever you want, awesome. But don't do it because it's popular. Mm-hmm. Don't do it because everyone will love you more. Do it because it's the right thing to do. And that's being honest with yourself yeah. and accepting what's good for you mm-hmm. first. Yeah, I feel like in that situation, that circumstance, beginning with yourself and saying, okay, what is it? I would like to do what is it that's going to make my values and my emotions line up so there's no cognitive dissonance and I'm not hating myself three months down the road from this decision because I feel like there is a lot of influence outside of there there's so much going on there's so much chaos noise influence if you will and it doesn't need to dictate what we do as long as we're being honest with ourselves and our actions are aligning with our values and we, we find most helpful to us yeah and and that'll be hard Mm -hmm. because i know there are certain demographics in the u.s it's like their children have to be successful and they're going to be top of their class and they're going to go be doctors and when i was sitting in my nat and phys class in high school my teacher said i know a lot of doctors that are miserable they have a ton of money they hate their job Mm -hmm. and it's like they went through minimum 10 years of schooling to make a lot of money, but hate themselves. And just be miserable. Yeah. When they would have been a lot happier somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, overcoming family struggles or family expectation Mm -hmm. can be hard. But at the end of the day, you just have to like kick everyone to the curb and talk about what you want to do. And I feel like 
there, there are some things that aren't valuable in this world. But I feel like doing something that's going to make you happy and doing something you feel like you're good at is only going to serve to your benefit in the long run. Say you're an electrician and you love doing electric work and you're really good at your job. You're only going to make money as a result of that. Say you're, I don't know, a carpenter. You build stuff. You're really good at it. Mm-hmm. You really love what you do. You put in the work and then some because you like doing it. You're only going to be successful. Yeah. Attitude is 90% of the battle. Mm-hmm. And then skills is the other 10%. Because mm-hmm. no matter, if you're just having a bad day and you don't want to be at work, you're just going to have a crap day. Yeah, those eight-hour shifts yeah. turn into like three weeks. They do. And they go on forever. Mm-hmm. And then if you're having a good time at work, your 10-hour shift. Over gone. in an instant. Gone. And you're going home, you're like... Oh, shoot. Now I have to go hang out with these people. Now we're friends, I guess. Now we have to go run through the woods. <laughs> but you know what? Good people are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Some real stinkers are everywhere, too. Oh, yeah. It's just it's a reality it's of a it. It's a reality. <laughs> but this has been a great conversation. I think so. I think we've... Uh, we've I wouldn't say stepped on any toes. I think we've been really tactful about how we've approached the subject and explained it in a way that is palatable to most people. I would have to agree. If you don't agree, shoot us an email. Or leave a comment. Or leave a comment. Yeah, like like us, subscribe. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. We're soon to be on Apple Podcasts and a lot more <laughs> services. So we're coming for you, Internet. <laughs> That's the objective reality of it. We'll see you next time. See ya. Stop recording! <laughs>